0: Welcome to Name That Voice, a podcast where we discuss all things voiceover, from history and drama to trending hot topics and the lives of some of your favorite voice actors. I am your host, Carrie Favel, and I am so grateful that you've decided to spend some time with me. So, welcome to yet another episode of our series. Today, we will talk about the further growth in the profession of voiceover. Before we begin, please like, comment, and subscribe for more content! Books in the form of audio is such a fascinating concept and are often referred to as audiobooks. With growing popularity within the last few years, almost everyone has come across audiobooks. So let's explore the history of how audiobooks came to be. We usually start with the first-ever whatever when we dive into history, so now we're going to dive into the first-ever audiobook, which is usually credited to Dylan Thomas and his poem, Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night, which came out in the 1950s. Well, sorry to burst your bubble, Dylan, but audiobooks kinda existed two decades before, but were more exclusive in a way. In 1932, the American Foundation of the Blind actually created books and novel recordings on vinyl records. I had no idea. <laughs> These were recordings that had 15 minutes of speech on each side of the vinyl. This technology was called talking books at the time, apropos, and was targeted towards those who were visually impaired. Recordings included those of William Shakespeare's plays, the U.S. Constitution, and even the novel As the Earth Turns by Gladys Hasty Carroll. Unlike audiobooks, in order to avoid copyright issues, the talking books were only available to visually impaired people, including soldiers who damaged their eyesight on the field. Talking books were sent out by post to readers in October 1934 and gained success after the program gained $10,000, which amounted to over $175,000 in today's money. As technology advanced, Cassette tapes were introduced as handheld devices, like the popular Sony Walkman, which we still see in movies or shows like Stranger Things, which, no spoilers, but played a huge role for Max Mayfield in the latest season. Ellie actually also uses this in The Last of Us. By 1995, the term audiobook became widely used, and Audible stepped into the game, making it possible to download books onto computers. Three years later, Audible released the LGR Oddware, which could play only two hours of audio. And now we have the ability to have over 35,000 books on our phones. We have a good understanding of audiobooks, and I think what we should cover next is the concept of podcasts and how they came to be. This topic does not have too much to do with voiceover artists, as anyone can make a podcast So, we won't dig too much into this concept, just a few details here and there to kind of flesh out the whole world of it. So, to start, what is a podcast? The term itself is derived from the words of iPod and broadcast, and how it was invented makes perfect sense to how the name was made up. It was invented by Adam Curry and Dave Weiner, Weiner? who both had the idea of downloading online radio broadcasts to an iPod in 2004. Well… It is an audio program like radios, but it has a series of episodes that are focused on a particular theme, like, for example, the podcast you are listening to right now or watching, (laughs) Name That Voice, where we discuss all things (laughs) voice-related. Podcasts can be about almost anything, like news and politics, comedy, true crime, my personal fave, history, fiction, and so on and so forth. In 2005, a year after the invention of podcasts, Apple started adding podcast support on iTunes after the 4.9 iTunes update. And the term podcast was the word of the year declared by the New Oxford American Dictionary. (laughs) 2012 was when Apple released the Apple Podcast application, which had 1 billion podcast subscribers after a year of its release. Google joined the podcast trend by releasing Google Podcast for Android devices in 2018. And a year later, Spotify wanted a piece of the cake after acquiring podcast networks Gimlet Media and Anchor FM in a $340 million deal. And finally, last year, Twitter and YouTube joined the podcast game in August. Having their own podcast features integrated into the platforms, which I haven't delved too much in uh, with this podcast, but I do want to learn more how to how to do that. Podcast growth has increased rapidly due to COVID nineteen because of the sudden shift to digital media. Because people were quarantined and had to spend their time somehow, many turned to trying new things, and some of it was either making a podcast or listening to one. In fact. There were an estimated 155 million Americans who were podcast listeners in 2020, which was a 76% increase since 2018. 41% of them even said they would buy products if it was advertised on the podcasts, which was a huge marketing opportunity, too. As many were stuck inside, Podcasts offered them education by teaching listeners certain skill sets like baking or playing a musical instrument, so on and so forth. So it wasn't just entertainment. Another form of voiceover that is often overlooked is telephony. Although not as glamorous as animation or as eye catching as a commercial, voicemail and phone prompts are essential to streamlining the process of many companies. The word telephony is derived from the word telephone, which comes from the Greek term tele, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, which means far, and phone. Which means speak. So maybe it's phoné? I'm not sure. Sorry. <laughs> phoné. So basically, it means speaking from afar. Telephony includes almost anything that is involved with communication, such as phone communications, calling from the internet, faxing, video calls, and even voicemails. Hold on tight, because right now, we are going to be talking about some nerdy terms, okay? (laughs) Mobile telephony usually consists of smartphones and other portable phones we have in our pockets that use GSM cellular technology, which allows us to make calls wherever and whenever. However, it can be expensive to call through GSM, and VoIP, voice over internet protocols, for example, Skype, Zoom, and WhatsApp, can make calling cheaper or even free in some cases. VoiceOver has been used for entertainment and to educate people through e-learning and explainer videos. The digital learning environment we see that most schools and universities have adapted to has come a long way since the mail in the 1840s. Isaac Pittman was a teacher who used to mail his students their assignments and would mail their teacher back for grading. And this was also widely used in businesses. Did you know that? I did not know that. Almost a century later in 1924, the automatic teacher was introduced. It was originally a test machine that was based on several MCQs or multiple choice questions. The machine showed four possible answers to a question, And until the student got it right, the machine would not move on to the next question. This concept was a good idea, but the learning aspect was disregarded and was more toward testing students. Harvard professor B.F. Skinner was able to come up with an improvement, the glider, in 1954, where he centered this machine into making the students learn. Shortly after, computer-based education was made possible thanks to B.F. Skinner's invention. This was what started the possibility and shift towards e-learning. Students were taught using a computer program that was invented by Daniel Alpert and Don Bitzer, which was the Programmed Logic for Automated Teaching Operations, or PLATO it was initially just for the university of illinois students but it quickly grew and made its way into other schools from having the goals to refine student literacy to becoming the backbone of multi-user computing internet-based courses became a thing and were introduced in 1976 by the open university in the uk which made it possible for students to obtain credits from courses entirely online In the 1990s, we had the introduction of LMS, Learning Management Systems, which is still used today by many educational institutes in order to keep records of students' attendance, grades, fees, etc. It helped educational institutes reach a wider audience, especially those who would not be able to attend on campus due to various reasons, such as disability, geographical issues, or whatever it may be. In today's generation, we can agree that attention spans have majorly decreased as we can get bored within seconds of seeing an advertisement or reading a book. So it has become increasingly tough for anyone to catch our attention and, most importantly, retain it. This comes in marketing to pitch products to consumers and even for making videos as a YouTube creator. All of which are focused on being able to retain the target audience's attention. Explainer videos and whiteboard animations have become widely popular since 2007 and it is a great way to catch a viewer's attention and get your message across to them. Most product pitches or e-learning materials are made with explainer videos and or whiteboard animations. Videos. They're called different things but they're all pretty much the same family. Around 2013 to 2014, there was a popular trend, Draw My Life, that used whiteboard animation, where YouTube creators used this trend to basically narrate their lives and how they got to where they are, whilst giving visually appealing animation. That is how they maintained their viewers' attention, instead of just sitting in front of the camera and talking about their life, which is what I was doing and that's why I stopped. (laughs) Popular YouTube creators such as PewDiePie, Jacksepticeye, Nigahiga, and Markiplier have jumped into the trend. Now, many storytelling YouTube channels often use whiteboard animations to maintain the viewer's attention while others do mukbang. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Name That Voice, All source material will be listed in the description down below, as well as the show notes of the podcast, should you wish to go down this rabbit hole on your own. If you have any requests for research topics, please leave them down in the comments below. I do appreciate the support. And thank you so much for watching. Remember that you are loved, you are worthy, and whatever you are struggling with today will pass. Until next time, stay crazy!